evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode here at the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, we're continuing along. We're getting into some more position rankings here. We're getting into the passers class now. Like, I mean, we got some good ones that are possibly going to come off in the first round. You got some good developmental projects on day two and day three. So we're going to cover some of the first round guys as far as like breaking up that next tier after those first two guys. I think they were pretty much, I think it's pretty much set that Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are probably going to go one, two, as far as the best pass rushers in this class. Like we may see a wild card possibly. I don't know. Uh, but I think what we're going to do with the purpose of this episode today is we're going to separate that whole three, four and five, as far as who are going to be the next guys to go after both Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama and Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Um, maybe all three will go in the first round. I mean, it's pretty likely, but I mean, possibly maybe number five will be at the top of the second round. Like, I mean, we're going to play some of that out as well. But just, yeah, how do you feel about this pass rush class before we actually get into the prospects that we're going to talk about today? So just like this class is, that's a very loaded question. Because I and I'll openly admit, look, I love scouting. I love doing the draft. I've been doing this since I was 11 years old. I have no literal notebooks filled of notes from about like Tavon Austin and you know that draft class way back when. Um, Nerd. Here's the thing about scouting: is at the end of the day, it's a guessing game. You're just sure. guessing. It's it's a gamble, right? You're you're gambling. Maybe that's why I like because I'm I, I really like playing poker, so maybe that's why I like scouting so much. But there are two positions what in don't particular. don't you gamble on at this point? <laughs> Cr- no, I, I I do craps. Roulette. Yeah, roulette's, a, roulette's a scam. Don't do roulette. One in 32. Get out of here. Well, shit. There are 32 picks in the first round. Oh, shit. Huh. I just had a revelation. But anyway, we won't dwell on that because I, that's, you know, I'm seeing my therapist tomorrow. I'll talk to him about that. But uh, th- there are two positions that always give me doubt of when I'm scouting them where I reach a certain point where I'm like, I I think I know what's going to happen, but at the end of the day, fuck it. I just don't know. And it's quarterback and edge rusher. And those are the two hardest positions for me, at least personally to distinguish of like, how are they going to translate to the NFL? Now that's not saying I don't, I, I can't, you know, take certain signs of their college game and, you know, guess educated, educatedly and make an educated guess on how they will translate but uh, just let me have it but it's it's <laughs> it's interesting because those are always the two most frustrating positions for me but i think i have a pretty good feel for this year's class but i i don't know what do you think of her you know, defense is actually a little bit harder for me to scout compared to offense. I watched a little bit more offense. I just understand it a little bit better compared to defense. So I do agree with you, like looking at this defensive edge class. Like, I mean, you can see that there's a lot of talent there, but just I don't know how it's going to translate to the NFL level either. Like, I mean, I'm just looking at these guys. And I'm like, I'm seeing some things that I like. I'm seeing some things that I don't like. It's just like with, I think it's just I think it's this. The same case with just most prospects when they're coming from college to the NFL. It's just like, are they going to take coaching well? Are they going to develop the skills that they already have and become better? Are they not going to, you know, take coaching well and not develop? So then they're just going to stay where they are. And then it's just like, will they still be effective? Will they see a decline? Because, I mean, we assume so many uh, uh, players that come out that you see the potential there. We see your, you know, your Jamarcus Russells, your Justin Blackmans, your Jeff Akutas, right? Where it's just like, you see it there. And that's why they end up getting drafted high. 
but then all of a sudden it just they get to the next level it just doesn't translate the same way or, obviously there's obviously there's other issues with justin black to, 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 to put it yes. to put it edge rushers terms you have your vernon golston's but then yep. you also have your von millers and of it's course. just like it's of it's course. a total like i say at the end of the day it's a gamble but i'm so glad you brought up the you know coaching aspect of this mm-hmm. because there is a phrase that i'm not gonna bring it up now but there's a phrase i'm gonna bring up a lot that god knows you are gonna be so sick of it by the time we bring it up so before we get started i'm just gonna run through my scouting report with will anderson and tyree wilson because i agree with you clear cut number one number two uh you get if i do that real quick yeah let's sort of give everybody out there just a sort of quick quick idea as far as what we're expecting with will anderson tyree wilson why we're not going to focus on them in today's episode Okay, so we are sitting nearly at the five-minute mark, and I am just going to buffer until we reach there so that I will only spend three minutes max starting now. So with Will Anderson, I mean, there's very little. This guy does not do well. I could talk about all the strengths he has for about five minutes, but I only have about you know two minutes, 50 seconds left, so I'm just going to speed through it real quick. His bend is fantastic because remember, what happens when you like lean forward a lot? You tend to fall over. Yeah, you tend to fall over. You lose your balance, right? And so he this is how you're gonna excellent. use your time. You're gonna ask me questions. I just, stick with the analysis. Well, you're using you're using much of my time. I thought that I was gonna get a quicker answer than that, but thank you for that. Uh, so yes, he he is excellent at causing the offensive tackle to lose balance. And another thing I love about Will Anderson is he is great at like literally leveraging up the offensive lineman's arms. He will grab them by the elbows and just basically push them up. And it's interesting because strength has been an area of, I won't say concern, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, something to watch out for with him. But I'm sorry, if you can take Darnell right and literally push his arms up, you're strong enough for me. So he has great bend, great strength, uh, absolute horror of a, uh, uh, what I call a stab and a rip move. He does this all the time. And it is absolutely deadly, very hard to block. So he has excelled at that. Um, it's hard to nitpick his neck, uh, his negatives. He tends to over pursue. So I'm a little bit worried about Nolan Smith being able to, you know, read those counter runs or play action pretty well. Are you about Nolan Smith or Will Anderson here? You know, oh, sorry, Will Anderson. Picks. Sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up my red, you know, jerseyed uh, uh, edge rushers. I'm trying to talk fast here. Thoughts get mixed up. But it, Will Anderson. So yeah, he tends to over pursue. That's my biggest nitpick on him is like he can get a little lost there. So he needs to learn how to play not so aggressively, you know, pull it back a little bit. But I mean, other than that, I, I guess he could build on his pass rush arsenal. That's the phrase, by the way, because I'm about to say that about a lot of guys. Now, moving on to uh, Tyree Wilson at 6'6", 275 pounds. He's strong as fuck. Like, yeah, physically, this dude is ready for the NFL. I understand the hype around him. He has a high motor, great finacity, all the, you know, defensive lineman, edge rusher cliches you could want. He has all of it. Now, here's why he he's number two behind Will Anderson is because he's developmental. Is he needs a lot, a lot of work because, and here is why edge rusher is so hard to scout is because he has all that strength and all the, you know, like that, that, you know, drive, but will that translate? And you're just not sure. And you need the, the good combination of strength and technique. And right now he's just lacking that technique. So if he goes to the right team where he has that technique, he has all the physical tools to succeed in the NFL. It's just, can he develop? So that's my one concern with him. And because again, going back to, uh, he reminds me a lot, not saying their play style or similar, but he reminds me a lot of Aaron Curry. Whereas like Aaron Curry had everything to succeed. 
but it just the stars didn't line and it just didn't happen for him. And I that's my one concern with Tyree Wilson. But either way, I think both of them are well I won't even call Will Anderson a risk. Tyree Wilson a risk, but they are both well worth a top ten pick in the NFL. Please take over for me. Whoo! Cap, <laughs> cap, take over. Cap's going to take over. That's why he jumped in here. But not bad. I gave you an extra 10, 15 seconds because I did, you know, cut into your deal oh, earlier. Damn so, it. yeah, you did go a little over. But like I said, I'll give you a little uh, bit of a buffer because I cut in. And, you know, like I said, that's your own fault for asking a question was, during your rant. You should a, just stuck biggest, to your own. <laughs> that, was workout, there, but. that was the biggest workout I've had in like the past like three months. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut that Will Anderson is going to go first, and obviously Tyree Wilson is going to follow him. I'm not sure where the teams that are going to take him. Um, seems likely that Arizona is going to take Will Anderson at number three. There's talk that, you know, their team's looking, Sorry, reaching bad. out to Arizona to trade up to number three to possibly take a quarterback. So we may see Will Anderson go a little bit later. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And then Tyree Wilson, he can go anywhere between five and ten because, I mean, Seattle needs some pass rush. You obviously look at Atlanta. They can use some pass rush. Uh, Philadelphia, who we talked about in a previous episode, they can obviously add to their depth chart there if he's available that'd be a good addition to their already pretty good pass rush unit and just add on to there too so yeah we'll see about where they go but i think like we talked about at the top of this episode i think we want to separate as far as who lines up at the third and fourth and fifth position as far as the pass rush edge class here um you got a handful of names here i think we have similar names here i'm pretty sure but yeah maybe we'll go in a different direction i'm not 100 on this one yet we sort of discussed it earlier before we recorded but i think we should have similar names here maybe we'll have a different name one or two here but i want to know ted like i mean Looking at the prospects after those two guys, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, who's the guy at number three that you like that can sort of be that next guy in case you miss out, obviously, on a Will Anderson or a Tyree Wilson? Like, who's your third best in this class? So I should clarify by edge because I know a lot of people are going – there's a certain player coming up that people are going, he's on edge, or at least I am. Um, we're talking about outside edge rushers, right? Yeah, so pretty what, much. What, I, what I value – with edge rushers, it's not a guy that's like excellent in pass coverage, but a guy that can. So if you can, you know, cover the pass, drop back in coverage a little bit better than the next guy, you get the nod from me. So that's why this person gets my nod at number three, and that is the guy I mixed up with Will Anderson, Nolan Smith. <laughs> getting and a little ahead of yourself, yeah. You're I was, ready to I was talk about definitely Nolan getting Smith. ahead of myself, exactly. <laughs> and it was funny because if, if you know, as our longtime listeners know, I hate combine warriors. I don't think that is a you know good meter for success. And so I saw, obviously, Nolan Smith was the easy, easy biggest winner of the combine. I watched very little of his tape other than him destroying TCU. And um, I, I was just, yeah, I know. As I you know. wear a TCU I, shirt I, and I a TCU hat. And TCU sure, hat. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I doubled down. Uh, I had to make up for it. Um, but the more I watched his tape, I was like, oh. This is the rare case where that athleticism that he showed on, you know, the turf at Lucas Oil actually translates to the field. His speed is game speed. And that's why I love is because uh, Jamal with LAFB Network, he said this before of like, I think it was last year's Senior Bowl, if I'm correct, where he went on this whole long rant about how the 40-yard dash is a terrible way to measure game speed. Yeah. But let sure. me tell you, that his game, his 40-yard dash, <laughs> Nolan Smith, that translates on field that is the exact same thing he is the fastest edge rusher this year bar none so 
very fast. I love his, you know, jump off the snap, his coverage abilities. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm trying not to overhype them, but they are good enough where this guy will be the perfect 3-4 outside linebacker. Where, you know what, you don't know if he's going to rush him. If he drops back in coverage, you can trust him. As long as he's not playing deep coverage, but honestly, if you're playing deep coverage with an outside linebacker in 3-4, you you deserve to lose. So, like, he can play mid to shallow coverage well enough to justify his uh, status as a top 15 pick. Like, his athleticism is there. Now, you know, it, it, is his size a concern? Absolutely. He could bulk up. He needs to develop some of his, uh, you know, pass rush arsenal, some of his pass rush moves. There's a lot of work to be done there. But for now, just his versatility and the promise there, I, it's just, it's it's honestly it's a very close second between him and Wilson. Like it, Wilson only gets the nod just because of his physical stats. I think physical uh, physically Wilson's more ready for the NFL, while Nolan Smith may need to take some time off. But man, like I think if Nolan Smith goes to the right team, a couple of years from now we're talking about like how this guy slipped to the teens or twenties. I was watching tape earlier of Nolan Smith, and I see everything that you sort of laid out, and it makes a ton of sense as to why he'd be your number three guy and a lot of people's number three guy potentially on their sort of ranking class here. But I think some of the things that worry me a little bit more about Nolan Smith makes me drop him lower in my ranking. So I don't have him okay. at number three. I actually have him at number five. That may be a little oh, bit surprising. Whoa, I may be a little bit surprising to a lot sure. of people here. So Where's my shoe? I need a bang on the table. <laughs> Uh, but I think what sort of worries me a little bit is that the strengths that Nolan Smith possesses, where it's like, you say he's got the coverage ability. Yes, I definitely saw that. But I'm not saying he's the – he's not a Fred Warner. He's not a Darius Shaq no. Leonard when you're coming to no. coverage, when you're talking about that. And then but you're talking you're relying about on linebackers there. No, that's fair. But you're relying on him to then be a pass rusher too. So mm -hmm. I understand that he fit well in a 3-4 defense. But I think what I'm seeing, what I saw a lot on tape was that – because he was undersized and because he lacked a little bit of a repertoire when it came to pass rushing, there were a ton of times where I saw him like it literally looked like the cartoons where, you know, Wiley Coyote would run into a brick wall and then he just didn't know what to do. It, That's it what I saw. Like, it was when the Roadrunner would like paint the tunnel on the on the edge of the cliff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like you see those things. And I saw that a lot with Nolan Smith because he was undersized. And like I said, he doesn't have enough skills besides that sort of speed and a little bit of strength. So it's like some of the undersized offensive tackles and guards that he went with, he obviously was able to get by them. But when you saw some of the more bigger bulkier tackles you know like i said is literally like he hit a brick wall and he doesn't know what to do so pretty much he was eliminated from the play and what worries me is if he gets to the next level like you said that was the key thing very similar to when we were talking about tank dell he needs to mm. land with the right team in order to be effective and so that's the thing where it's like if you're looking in the first round he needs to land with the right team in that mid um in the middle of the first round maybe the end of the first round um if he lands with the right team, he can be used effectively. But if he lands with just any team, I don't see him being as effective instead of just being a situational pass rusher potentially to drop him. Now, like I said, I understand why you put him at three because the potential's there. If he gets coached up well, it, you can see the coverage. You obviously see the pass rush. He's got the great speed. He's got the great motor. You see all that. But I guess for me, 
if I was playing GM, I guess I'm a little bit more risk averse. So it's like I see the potential, but I want someone Sh- a little bit shocker. More shocker. The gambler is more you know <laughs> risky than the non-gambler. Shocker Willing there. to be a little bit aggressive with your picks. And I can understand. But I think for me, especially when it comes to the passive position, if you're drafting in the first round, I want a little bit more of a polished prospect that I can continue to develop, that I have a little bit of a higher floor to potentially get a higher ceiling instead of a guy that has like a very lower floor with an extremely high ceiling. So it's just like I don't like that boomer bust potential. That's what I see with Nolan Smith. That's why I have him at five. But you seem to have a counterpoint here for sure. Well, I, well, I, I, I it's actually not even a counterpoint. I agree with you. It is boomer bust because okay. it is so system dependent. I 100% agree with all your criticisms. I'm not saying he's the perfect, you know, prospect. Not saying you said I said that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, again, I think that there's just more promise there than a lot of people realize. Sure. He's not just a pure pass rusher. Because, yes, if you draft this guy just to be a defensive end, you are screwed. Like, that, yes. you are so screwed. Like, he needs to be an outside linebacker. So, how about this for a thought? Because this is, like, the dream pairing in my mind. I swear I'm not just saying this because of the network. But what if, if he falls, because I, I don't know where he's going to go. I could see this guy being, like, the guy that goes way too early or the guy that we're all like, huh. He do well the combo. He's still falling. How about that? Um, what if he went to the Chargers late twenties? Because I feel like Boomer Bus go for it late or not late twenties, but in the twenties. You know, Boomer Bus. I think that's well worth the pick because if you hit a home run in the twenties, you look like a goddamn genius. If he busts, like I said last episode, no one really cares. So you know, Khalil Mack will likely be a cap casualty next offseason. Could be a good successor for him. I do like the pick there at number 21. They have a a similar play style as well. I I was just about to get to that. I was like, you're learning from a guy in Khalil Mack that came from a smaller school that sort of had the same things labeled on him about like, just does he have enough to sort of make that transition to the NFL level? He easily did, right? So Nolan Smith going to Los Angeles there at number 21, Chargers specifically, obviously the Rams don't have a first round pick. Um, If he lands there, he's going to learn from a guy who made that transition. Also, I could see something very similar happening where they have a good, well, I would say good, but they have a pretty decent front line. Definitely if Joey Bosa stays healthy the entire season, that's the beneficial. But the main thing that I sort of wanted to allude here is that we saw this when the Niners took Alden Smith and they had Justin Mm, Smith on the front line, right? Where it's like Justin Smith ate up a lot of the penetration that the offensive line was trying to block for him. And Alden Smith was just like, oh, thanks for the opening. I'm going to go in and I'm going to rack up 20 sacks, right? So it's like, that would be perfect to set up for Nolan Smith. Because yeah, Joey Bosa could eat up the front there. Obviously you got Khalil Mack coming on the other side. Maybe you put both guys on the same side. That would be pretty dangerous too. Um, And so you have these other guys eat up the protection and then you have Nolan Smith slip in. Or if the pocket collapses, obviously, quarterback tries to escape out. You got Nolan Smith with his speed able to catch up with him, either cause a throwaway or potentially get a tackle for loss, get him go run out of bounds sort of thing. So honestly, if he goes to Los Angeles, if he slips that far, that's a pretty slam dunk pick in my yeah. opinion. And, and, that's, and that's why I like Nolan Smith so much because I think if he goes there, like I said, with that speed, that's a perfect – perfect role for him of just like chew up the blockers who's mm-hmm. the guy fast enough especially with quarterbacks nowadays especially in the afc west with a guy yes. as fast as mahomes who can catch up with him well let me tell you buddy nolan smith can catch up with him so yeah as long as you don't bring a gun to the airport like olden smith did was a gun or a bomb what was it but either way it was a it gun is, it, was it was a, a gun. gun yeah just just don't do that and you'll be fine by the way justin smith olden smith where they went to where they go to school missouri attaboy <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, Nolan Smith to the Chargers, like that would be an excellent, excellent pick to sort of upgrade that defense for sure. So um, let's move on here. I'm going to get to my number three pick here because, like I said, I have Nolan Smith actually at number five. So maybe you could sort of uh, obviously all rank all rankings will be on social media in case this is confusing. Hundred percent, yeah. If you're not following along here, we're mainly obviously talking about prospects three, four, five. But like Tad said, we'll be dropping our full one through ten rankings on social media so make sure you check that out a little bit later here but i got at number three i think a lot of people have this guy at number three and that's miles murphy out of clemson mm, and you okay. see this guy you see the uh, talent that he has he's got the physical attributes he's a strong long arm defender like i mean kind of like i was saying with nolan smith how he's able to just lift his arms and get around the defender you see this consistently with miles murphy as well push it to the left push to the right he's got a very good spin move as well like i wouldn't say dwight freeney s but it's pretty close like if he just needs a little bit development it could be pretty I, I actually i don't hate that comparison actually yeah, the spin move is pretty dirty. To, I'm not going to lie. When I saw it a few times, I was like, oh, man, that was pretty nice. So you see he's got a couple of tricks in his bag as far as getting into the backfield to get after the quarterback. He's very aggressive. He's definitely smart at recognizing. He's got a great jump off the ball, too. Like, there's a lot of times he's able to time it up perfectly, and he's able to get onto the snap, get an extra second on the blocker that he's uh, going up against one-on-one -on -one there. Um he is pretty much bookended as a 4-3 defensive end. Like, I can't see him being a standing rusher. There's a couple times I saw on tape that he did that. He did look okay, but that's not something you want to consistently do. So like you were saying, Tad, where you could put Nolan Smith as a 3-4 outside linebacker, you are not doing this with Miles Murphy. You are keeping him no, offline no, not. as a 4-3 defensive end, depending on the type of scheme that you run. If you do three four, you could buckle, uh, you could bulk him up, and he could play one of those nose tackle positions in a four three or a three four sort of thing. So it's like he can't have a little bit of versatility on the defensive line, but definitely do not keep him as an upright defender. He is not suited to do that because, fortunately, he's a little like his aggressiveness, like fantastic as it is as a pass rush move it is absolutely terrible as a run game move because there's so many times that i saw on tape where he'd be a little bit over pursuant the ball carrier is able to just slip right by him i think there's a tape against boston right in florida, florida state by the state florida state he over they're, they're both maroon it's okay exactly i saw the gold helmet i was just like i doubt the pretty sure gold, gold helmet red jersey you're like yeah whatever <laughs> exactly he over pursued the quarterback was able to just slip right by him he ran all the way for a 25 yard touchdown when they're in the red zone sort of thing so i saw that consistently happen a lot with other ball carriers as well so it's like while it's great in the pass rushing game as a run defender he definitely needs to be a little bit more aware about what's going on around him understand the blocking scheme that's coming up against him understanding how the formations are set which can obviously then help him understand that okay i need to shed my block a little bit faster i need to block i need to set up my other guys a little bit differently i need to contain the pocket i mean there's a lot of things that he can be doing a lot better as far as being a run defender but this is pretty much the standard case with most pass rushers coming out of college to come to the nfl uh, nfl level they're pretty good at the pass rush aspect they need to work on their run defending skills so it's like you see some of it but i think it could definitely use a lot more coaching ability so but i think just everything that i see as far as the physical gifts the iq the things that you see as far as being a pass rusher the running the run defending skills i think will come with a little bit of time it's not gonna take that much time to coach him up because i think like i said he's one of those guys that i have 
seeing as a higher floor to then be a higher ceiling compared to Nolan Smith, where it was a lower floor with a very high ceiling sort of thing. So it's like, I see that with Miles Murphy. So that's why I like the safer pick with Miles Murphy here at number three, because I see a lot more. It's not going to take as long for him to reach his potential and then obviously exceed it if he lands in the right spot. So that's why I got Miles Murphy at number three. I mean, but <clears throat> we are good at this because, yeah, I my notes are almost near identical um, <laughs> because, like, it sh- I completely agree. This is the one prospect we're going to talk about tonight where I'm not saying he needs to add more to his arsenal. His arsenal is good. Like, yeah. he has all the technique mm-hmm. and all the, mm-hmm. you know, finacity. And, by the way, if you don't know the, the backstory behind finacity, because somebody did contact me. I was like, you know, it's nasty, right? And I was just like, yes, I know. But, um, but yeah, look, look back in our previous episodes. I'll try to find it for you guys later. It was a but, long way back, man. Oh, God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be quite a dive into the annals of the God, podcast. That, that might have been two drafts ago where I did that. But yeah. Um, yeah. But no, with Miles Murphy, I completely agree with you. And this is almost why I didn't even include him here is because he's not an edge rusher. But again, it, we're doing kind of yeah. defensive end mm-hmm. edge rush mix. Because, no, I don't trust him in mid-coverage. He's okay in covers in the flat. He's decent enough where, like, I trust him. But, no, I see him as, like, kind of a DeMarcus Lawrence type with the Cowboys where, like, just yeah. stick him at defensive end. Occasionally he can drop back. But for the most part, just why don't you just go get the quarterback? 90% of the time, you know, he's coming in after the quarterback. Yeah. There's that yeah. 10% chance where they may drop him that could catch a quarterback off guard if they're not prepared. But, yeah, this guy's coming in to get the quarterback. Now, <laughs> I have two I have two metaphors to describe this guy. The, the one I had pre- uh, prepared before, and now it, with our Looney Tunes thing going on, I have another one. But uh, the, in my notes, he's like a bull in a china shop. Or if we want to do a Looney Tunes version, he's like the Tasmanian devil, right? Yeah. He'll, like, tornado his way mm-hmm. out of the offensive line, and then all of a sudden, once he gets free, he's like, okay, where's the vault? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. yeah you need 100%. to understand the play better. You're great at getting free, but by the time you do, and you're like, all right, where am I going? Where am I going? It's just like, no, that doesn't work. So, yes, he definitely needs to refine the mental game. And very rarely do I say that about defensive linemen, but that is his biggest mm-hmm. uh, hit right now is like he needs to understand blocking schemes more because he knows he is such a physical monster and he's so good with his hands that he can't get free. So then once he's free, he's like, fuck it. I'll just catch up with wherever the ball is. And the problem is you really can't do that in the NFL. You can do that at college. You can definitely get away with that. But I think that's why he was regressing a little bit because that's another big concern of his. If you look at his stats throughout college, his sack numbers dropped every year as he went on. You know, of course, you would love to see the opposite happen. I think that's why is because teams caught on of like, if we just hold this guy back long enough, we'll be okay. I think that's exactly what happened. And so I think, again, like we said with Nolan Smith, if he goes to the right coaching staff that kind of teaches him like, hey, patience hold off like you can be patient i think he will be set up for instant success but it's he's a little coachable it's the pure defensive endness that drops him to my spoiler alert number four so i'm not too far Mm -hmm. behind you but here's my dream team for him imagine if he goes to detroit at number 18 Woo! Him and Hutchinson. Pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson. That's a pretty, you know, you're set there with that's a duo dangerous. like that to get out that's of the quarterback dangerous. for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not bad at all. So, okay, so you got him at number four here. Number four, yep. Um, my number four is actually a guy that I think a lot of people have at number five. Is just one of those rising guys that some people projected he could be at the number ten. Like I don't understand. Top ten. I don't understand here. this. I and that's Lucas just... Van Ness, the defensive end slash edge rusher out of the University of Iowa. Um. 
seriously, Tad, like when I watched this tape, it's grown man strength with his bull rush. Like, it's, I mean, okay. seriously, it's pretty mm-hmm. dangerous. Yep. Whatever he was going up against a blocker, it was just like literally mm-hmm. he can overpower them pretty easily yep. with that, like almost unblockable at times. Like it was pretty scary yep. to see for yep. sure. Um, if he's not able to get to the quarterback, I think the biggest thing is like we talked about very similar with Justin Smith. He breaks down the pocket to let his teammates get after the quarterback then to make the quarterback get out of the pocket, make it a broken play sort of thing. So he was very good at that. If he doesn't get the sack, obviously um size and strength like i mean it's just crazy he can be utilized as a pass rusher they also put him on inline as far as a defensive tackle at Mm -hmm. at times to stop the run like i mean he's got a lot of positive traits and he shows good power moves and i think that was his main it's like his you know forcing fastball in uh, whether when you talk about a pitcher it's like that's his go-to move the bull rush the power move sort of thing but just once again, I think with most of these pass rushers, a lot of them sort of are one-trick ponies. They have the one thing that they're really good at. They haven't defined the rest of their skills. So it's like you see some of these things with um, Lucas Van Ness. Like you see a spin move. It's not as good as Miles Murphy's, obviously. Uh, you see some uh, swim moves. It's not as good as some other defenders as well. But it's just like there's a lot of things he could develop a lot further, obviously. And I think the biggest thing, too, that I think a lot of people could be scared away with is that – I laid out a lot of good things about Lucas Van Ness. He was never a starter at Iowa. So I mean, oh, I'm so of, glad you brought that up. I'm so I was I had that in my arsenal. It sort of says something, right? That's like if Iowa's not starting this guy at all during his, you know, two year span at Iowa, his last two years, they're like they only use him as a rotational piece on that defensive line, defensive front. And so you wonder that if he gets to the next level. Can he handle a full workload if a team wants to use him as a three-down defender or at least a two-down defender as a starter? I think that's the biggest key word there. It's like, can he handle that workload when he was handling a smaller workload at the University of Iowa, right? So, But I think the biggest thing is that you see a lot of the potential there. You see that he's got a lot of makeup there. I think very similar to Miles Murphy, too. Unfortunately, he's not as good as the run game. Um, He's able to recognize it. Just the problem is is that the blockers – pick him up a little bit too fast. So he's not recognizing it fast enough. He can recognize it, but by the time the blocker already has him engaged, yeah, he's already eliminated from the play. So there's nothing he could do on the run game there. So, I mean, yeah, if he could pick up his recognition skills as far as what's going on, very similar to Miles Murphy, I think he could be a lot effective as a run defender as well. But just, I very much like what I see in the pass rushing ability with Lucas Van Ness with that strength. They can continue to develop it. They can use him on the defensive line or defensive tackle. Definitely another guy that you don't want to drop back so yeah maybe not an edge guy specifically outside linebacker sort of thing but just i like what i see in lucas van ness and that's why i got him here for okay so (laughs) you said a lot of nice things about van ness i'm about to say a lot of not not nice things about him now before i do i want to preface this with i don't hate him as a prospect okay as a person i don't know him he may be a scumbag for all i know i don't know (laughs) Oh my gosh. But before Luke Van Ness messages me on Twitter, like Darnell Wright, please don't do that. <laughs> did you see that, by the way? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> so Darnell Wright, uh, quick sidebar, Darnell Wright uh, messaged somebody who tr- not even trashed him, just said he's not capable of being a left tackle, but he can only play right tackle in the NFL. And he, uh, he messaged him on Twitter, Darnell Wright did, to this analyst going, you can basically suck a dick on Twitter. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So Luke Van Ness, please do not DM me on Twitter for what I'm about to say. Cause I like you, man. I think you got a lot of promise, but the reason I'm about to say a lot of good things about you or uh, bad things about you is because I don't think you belong in this top 10 conversation you're in. 
And I'll tell you why is because uh, I remember what is the one word you kept using again and again to describe his, you know, the the best part of his game. I mean, it's just one trick. Like, I mean, it's a lot of potential too. That's the biggest thing. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm not getting that word. It starts okay. with an S. What what's the S word you kept using? Strength. Strength, exactly, and that's the least dependable quality I trust in an edge rusher going to the NFL. Of course, you're stronger than all these people going, you know, against college athletes. But once you get to the NFL, the strength advantage goes down so much. So if you don't have anything else to depend on, I don't trust you. I don't, and I'm sorry, but his game is not refined enough. And here's why is because he did not start playing football. Again, I know this sounds like I'm being highly critical of him, but this is just why I, I, he is absolutely worthy of a first rounder. Let me say that he is not worthy of a top 15 pick. This dude has only been playing football since high school. He, as a said, he has not been a full-time starter. He only played 55% of defensive snaps for Iowa last year. Yeah. 55%. And look, I understand why I, I see the promise because, yes, he does have that raw physical potential, but it's just it's so much work to do there that I just don't understand why you would take him top 10 when you need an immediate you know, playmaker. This guy needs development. He needs somebody to sit behind and understand. And also on top of this, as we were talking about with Miles Murphy, I don't see him as an edge rusher. This dude is a defensive end in my mind. I don't see him dropping back in coverage at all. So, okay, so we have a raw defensive end. We have a guy that needs to learn a lot of technique. Again, this is a perfect 20 to 30 – fuck you, Dolphins – a perfect 20 to 31 option for you know a playoff contender but if i'm the falcons and i'm sitting there like okay i need a guy to rush the quarterback right now i am not taking luke van Ness. this dude needs way too much work needs way too much coaching i am very worried that he's going to get overdrafted because i like him a lot i see the promise there but i'm just very very worried that teams are buying a little too into this athleticism this is actually you know what this is where i thought like how i thought i would be feeling about nolan smith and instead like luke van ness is getting all of this so sorry buddy i do like him though i see the promise there i'm not saying he's gonna be a bust but I, i'm just worried about expectations being too high from directly off the bat because this dude is the definition of developmental so I agree with you. I don't think he's a top 10 pick for sure. Like, I mean, the mock drafts that I've seen that slated him at number 10 or possibly even higher than that, like, that's way much of an overreaction. I've, I've okay. seen him as high as, like, six of the Lions. Yeah, so it's like I definitely don't agree with those sorts of predictions. I think it's definitely, like, if I see him outside the top 10, I can justify that. Definitely if you're picking 15 or later, I could definitely 100% see that being a more accurate um, assessment for what I see as far as his skills. But, yeah, I think I like the potential a lot. So that's why I have him at number four as far as the rankings are concerned. But, yeah, as far as when we actually get to our mock draft, which will come in a couple of weeks, we're obviously going to lay this all out. But, yeah. God, I got to get started on that. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so I agree with you that I don't think he should be a top 10 pick. Like I said, I think top 15 – I think that's reasonable outside of the top 15. I think that's definitely where I see him sort of landing as far as being a good fit. So, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. That's not top 10 pick, but I do like the promise here. So that's why I actually got him at four compared to having him at five or something a little bit different um, that I think you have. So, yes, I have him at five. Spoiler alert. I know know this is very confusing. Like, wait, who has him? It's just it's but we're both the side guys. We both have beards where our rankings are all over the place. Check out our social media for the actual like visualization of the rankings. Um, I will say this only way I would be totally okay with him going top 15, you know, the perfect team for him to go to. Hey, me Philadelphia Eagles. 
Think about that. Yeah. He gets to develop a little bit, gets to be that situational passer, uh, you know, edge rusher. Whoo, that could be dangerous a couple years from now. Philadelphia, Kansas City, they already drafted George Karloftis. So, I mean, mm. just like, yeah, those would be pretty dangerous teams for him to land on and develop with as well. So, um, yeah, just quick recap here. Uh, I have um miles murphy at number three i have lucas van ness at number four and i have nolan smith at number five who we already covered and tad actually has a little bit of the opposite here he's got nolan smith at number three he's got lucas van ness at number five um i believe you have miles murphy at number four correct yes, so sir yep nolan smith miles murphy lucas van ness for you so yeah if it's confusing, like we've already laid out, we're definitely going to be releasing the graphics so you can check that all out so it's all in place. You don't have to worry about recapping here, rewinding, fast-forwarding, whatever you want to do here. It will all be laid out perfectly for you on our social media handles for sure, which we'll plug a little bit later in the episode. But, Tad, I want to close out the episode with some of the things that we've done in our previous rankings episode. I want to bring up one more guy that you either like or is being overhyped as we're going through the draft season here. So who's one more guy that you want to bring up as far as the edge pass rusher class? So I don't want to call him a sleeper because he's not necessarily a sleeper. He's going to go in the second round probably, but he's just a guy where I think if he was in any other year, he would go first round. It's just the fact that this edge class is so deep that he, and he still could go late first, but it's BJ Ojolari out of LSU. Now at first I didn't really like this guy when I was watching the state, but the more I watched him, I'm like, no, I, I see the promise here. This dude has the quickest reaction off a snap of anyone in the draft, even faster than Will Anderson. Like, I yeah, don't understand how he good. does it. Like, holy shit. Like, the second that ball snapped, he's already, like, two yards behind the center. It's like, I don't, I don't, I truly, I don't understand how you do that. Like, you toss me, like, I don't know, something across the room, and I'm slapping at it five seconds later. Like, it is truly <laughs> incredible. So, I really like his reaction time. And here's the thing I like the most about his game. He understands the game. He's understanding the blocking schemes, his understanding of, okay, this is what the tackle is doing, so that probably means they're going to be a run. Okay, no, the tackle is kind of hanging back, even though they're passing it off. That means it's going to be play action. You can just see his understanding of how the offense works opposed to him. That is a valuable, valuable uh, skill to have as you transition to the NFL His pass rushing skills are, you know, good, not great, but his techniques are all there. Like he doesn't need to learn any of the moves. He just needs to learn to perfect them. So you're already skipping a step right there. So I I think there's so much promise there. Yes, he needs to work on his strength. But Amur, I feel like you and I have been saying this every episode for the past two months. Working on strength gets pretty easy when you're in the NFL. They pay those strength and conditioning coaches a lot of money for a reason. So I'm not that worried about his strength. I don't think he'll ever be you know, a top end edge rusher or top end, you know, outside linebacker. But I do think he is one of probably honestly the second safest bet as a like, okay, this player will contribute for us going forward uh, in this year's draft at the position. So I just, BJ Ojolari is getting slept on. And again, going back to the Chargers, I really think that this could be a good successor for Khalil Mack. Let him develop a bit, let him build up a bit. And then once you need to uh, cut Khalil Mack for financial reasons, all of a sudden, all right, kid, let's see what you got. I think Ojolari is that kind of player where you just sim for a year or two, and then he'll be good to go. Yeah, honestly, it's like I think he'll go high end day two. I pretty much agree yeah, with what you're yeah, saying I there. Yeah, top end but second de- round for sure. But depending on the rankings and depending on people's draft boards, I've also seen him sliding into the back end of that first round depending also on how you rank me. his prospects. Yeah, so it's a very good possibility that he could end up being a day one prospect as well. Because, yeah, I see the talent too. I was watching the tape on him and just like – 
exactly like I said, I think you see a lot of the pass rush moves. It just it leads a little bit more work to become a little bit more of an effective move as far as like the swims and the spins and the, you know, the cut throughs and everything you want to lay out there. So it's like, yeah, I see the potential there. I think just needs a little bit more catching up. So he just, he just needs to learn how to dip, duck, duck, dodge. Fuck. Oh Damn it. God, you Boy, messed I got it. it I got it. I got it. I got it. Dip, duck, dive, dodge. Fuck. What is it? I'm missing the fifth one. It's dip, duck, duck dive. dive. Ah, so you know you're not yeah, either. I forgot the, I forgot the third one. Uh, I'll, look, I'll, look, it I'll look it up. I'll look it up. You do you. Do you. What's your yeah. player, Mer? <laughs> so I'm going to go further in the draft here. So I'm going to bring up a guy that could possibly go in the middle of day two or possibly early day three, depending on how people view him on their draft board. And that's Byron Young, the edge rusher out of the University of Tennessee. So – it's actually kind of funny, Ted. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually two players by the name of Byron Young and the Edge class specifically. There's Byron Young out of Tennessee, who I'm going to talk about now. There's also Byron Young out of Alabama, who is playing the same exact position. So huh. it's going to be interesting. That's going to make things easy for me. I'm notoriously good with names. <laughs> Exactly. So it's going to be very fun once we get to drafting as far as which Byron Young gets drafted. Because I mean, we've seen this with so many other players before, watch, right? There's watch. the two I Adrian you, Peters. That's going to happen. I'm going to go to the bathroom during like part of the draft. I'm going to sit down. And you're going to go, Ted, Byron Young got drafted. I'm going to like look up the wrong one. I bet oh, you 100 yeah. bucks that's going to happen. 100%. But we've seen this before. There's the two different Adrian Petersons at the running back position. Uh, there's Alex Smith, the quarterback, and Alex Smith, the tight end. So, I mean, that was a little bit of fun, too. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see this with Byron Young, too, as well. But I'm going to talk about Byron Young out of Tennessee. So, you were talking about Nold Smith having pretty good speed. Byron Young showcases a lot of high-level speed as well. Like, that is his main trick as far as getting out to the quarterback, just blowing by the opposition as far as his one-on-one -on -one matchup. Like, I mean, he's got that type of speed. He showcased it at the um, NFL Combine. Like, that's part of the reason why I'm talking about him now because after a very impressive showing at the Combine, like, he looked smooth through the drills. He looked good as far as the measurements. Um, he just looked like a guy that, yeah, as a late-round guy, like I said, middle of the second uh, – middle of day two – so possibly early, uh, early third round, late second round, maybe at the top of the fourth round, early day, uh, early day three, excuse me. This is a guy that could really be a key rotational piece early in his career, especially if you're taking him in one of those middle rounds for sure. So he's got high level speed. He's got he doesn't have a ton of experience, surprisingly, uh, but it didn't prevent him from being an effective pass rusher. He was able to put up good numbers at Tennessee. Um, exceptional athleticism once he gets into the backfield so he can run down the quarterback, run down the ball, ball carrier. Very much sort of like we were talking about with Miles Murphy, where he's like he's got that aggressiveness. As soon as he gets to the backfield, now he's looking to see where he can sort of make the play as far as getting out to the ball carrier, whether that's the quarterback or the run defender, uh, run uh, ball carrier, excuse me. Um but very similar to Nolan Smith, he's an undersized defender, so you worry about just if if an offensive lineman, if Trent Williams was there, if Tristan Wirfs was there, if Quentin Nelson was there, they're just going to straight up block this guy and he's not going to go anywhere. So I think it's like that whole brick wall analogy that I brought up earlier, right, where it's just like, can you limit that speed? It's very possible at the next level, right? So he's got to develop more. He's got to build up his muscle mass, and he's got to be able to develop more skills in his tool bag to get after the quarterback besides just relying on his elite speed. But honestly, one of the other things that's sort of knocking him a little bit too, unfortunately, is that he's going to be 25 heading into the mm, NFL draft. So his, That's a bummer. 
His career is shortened just a little Wait, bit. But- hold on. What is with Tennessee and all these 25-year-olds? What is going on here? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, like, this is the big thing that I see with Byron Young, though, is that I see the potential to be a key contributor early on. So I don't think you'll have to wait as long to 20, get in- – At 25, you fucking better be. Exactly, because that's the big downside, right, as to why you're drafting him. It's like you need him to be ready to go, like, pretty much from day one. Otherwise, yeah, this guy's career is going to be way, way short in the end. NFL, but I see the potential there. I see him being a very key rotational piece. Maybe if he develops under the right coaching system, he can become an everyday starter as far as, uh, sorry, every down starter, excuse me. Um, but for sure, once he gets to the NFL, he's going to be a key pass rushing piece to whatever rotation that decides to draft him in the NFL level, though. All right. So I just have a couple questions regarding him because I'll, I'll admit I've seen very little of his tapes. So I don't know much about him. So, Murray, you ready? Kenny Dodge. <laughs> yes. Kenny Duck. A little bit. Okay. Kenny Dip. A little bit. Kenny Dive. Yes. And Kenny Dodge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're fucking idiots. We forgot that they repeated Dodge twice. That's well, that's what I said. They say Dodge joke. twice. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge, dive, dick, uh, dip. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much our edge rush talk here. Um, edge rushers, pass rushers. I mean, what are we going to call it? I mean, we're talking. We blended in some defensive ends. We blended in some outside linebackers. But pretty much, we wanted to talk about pass rush in today's episode. Um, like we talked about, we're going to be releasing some graphics both for the edge rushers and the pass rushers, as well as the defensive tackles, which we didn't get to in today's episode. But yeah, there's definitely we're going to be diving we'll into get there. our. We'll get there. Yeah, defensive tackles as far as the rankings, because there's a lot of great ones there that we want to separate as far as who we like better than others. Um, And yeah, I mean, you see the ticker coming down right below. You can follow us on all of our social media handles. On Twitter, you got me at ArmorTheSide23. You got Tad at TadSide94. You got the show handle at guys, And of course, we're on Instagram at guys as well. So that's where you'll find all of our graphics. We're promoting the episodes. We're going to be interacting with people who have questions for us. It's already happened a handful of times with some of our graphics as far as like, oh, I like these graphics. Oh, I don't like these graphics. Graphics are ranking specifically. I think most people are fine with the graphs. I think it's the rankings more as far as just asking questions about those. And we we accept all questions. So make sure you interact with us. We want to hear your thoughts as far as our rankings. We want to hear your rankings. We want to interact with you. So make sure you're following all the social media handles. It's coming down again. So make sure you're following all those handles. Make sure you subscribe with us to your podcast. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as LEFB Network's YouTube channel. Because we have our own playlist on the LEFB Network YouTube channel as well. So you can find all of our content as well there you can find our content on our youtube channel and then on the lefb network channel you can find great content for both the Rams and the Chargers to the NFL level and you can find it on the college level with the Trojans and the Bruins so lots of great content when it comes to LA football and of course fantasy and draft talk as well from us uh but to guys I mean everybody who's listening who's watching who's interacting with us ask us questions I mean guys seriously we just can't thank you enough Absolutely. And guys, as Amir said, we are just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. So if you need any questions answered, if you just want to talk about it, hit us up on social media. We're about to interact with some Seahawks fans that I made very upset. Uh, But you know what? It's fine. I made them upset. That's the best part of the draft is like, what do you mean this player sucks? He's great. It's the back and forth. That's why I love it is because it's all just totally up to your opinion. It is great to express other 
people's opinions and hear other people's opinions. So be sure to interact with us on social media, on YouTube, uh, any way you can find us, please interact with us. Please not in person. That might be a little weird, but otherwise uh, we really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Cause we have noticed it. Our viewership, our listeners have been going up the past couple of weeks and we cannot say thank you enough. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We promise we have a lot more great stuff headed your way. So keep tuning in, keep watching. And as always, everyone, please stay safe. Oh,